For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Watch the language. Welcome to episode 132 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back at you again this week. Star Wars. That's what we talk about most of the time. Mostly. That's what we do. They Inside talk about Star when Wars. When we're tangential. <laughs> tangential. Tangential. They talk about Star Wars. Mostly. Anyway. Uh, we got a little news, listener voicemails, listener emails. You know how we do it around here. Yep. Before that, it's business time. It's time for some business. You can Ooh. like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have some new damn-ass shirts for sale in our Tee Public store, including that damn-ass, damn-ass shirt and our Kia D. Mundy mail-away figure. Both of them excellent designs uh, given to us by our good friends Evan DeCellis and Darth Pizza himself. Damn-ass Darth Pizza himself. Damn-ass. Anyway, if you want to check those or any of our other designs out, maybe get a shirt or a mug or something. Hell, I don't know what the kids are into these days. Are mugs a thing? Maybe. tpublic.com slash user slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we are so excited to be part of the best damn ass podcasting network in the damn you know that ass. That's right. You know that's right. In that damn ass galaxy that is damn ass Star Wars podcasting. <gasps> The Making Star Wars Podcast Network, along with such illustrious Star Wars audio entertainment as, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and that damn ass cargo hold. Those are some good podcasts you just listed right there. Those are some excellent podcasts. In fact, like the best Star Wars listening, if I do say so myself. <laughs> let's say you were like, let's listen to nothing but Star Wars podcast every day, all day. Well, 
the Making Star Wars Podcast Network has you covered. For all your essential Star Wars podcasting needs. That's all the reasons you'll want to. So how you been doing, buddy? How's this week been for you? It's been good. Uh, The weather has been crazy. Like, currently it is in the single digits where I'm at. Whoa, homie. Wow. Maybe Maybe double digits, but... Barely. Barely. Yeah, it's been weird here, too, like... Uh, the beginning mixture of the week, of what's called sleet and mixture of sleet and snow at the moment. Oh, and, see, we're uh, not getting it's anything still on like the roof, that. but it's not on the ground at all. The ground is wet and soggy. Like, uh, it was actually warm for a couple of days here. Yeah, I, it I was warm earlier in the week. Yeah, where I literally didn't even wear a jacket or something out a couple of days, but absolutely, then it dropped like crazy. I think it's like twenty here. Um. So you and I have had a couple of opportunities to do something pretty fun in the last week since the last time we talked to our awesome listeners. You want to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. What what am I talking about? What we've done together in the last week? Yeah. Besides jerk each other off over Skype. I mean, that's what we do weekly, but we play PUBG together. That's right. We have been playing some... Players unknowns, player unknowns battlegrounds, PUBG for short. I still prefer to just call it by its full name or by just battlegrounds because PUBG. So I don't know. I can't. I'm not hip enough to hang with the kids like that. But man, it's pretty fun. I uh, I picked it up when it released, and I haven't had a ton of time to play around with it. Of playing, I the- I, oh. I was gonna say it's what I've devoted every second of my downtime to play. Yeah, I've seen you on there. I know you've put in some time. Uh, are you getting better at it? Not that you were bad. I'm just saying, like, are you I'll noticing you this today, improvement? I made top three today. So like, you are indeed getting I was quite better at it. two kills away from a chicken dinner. like, And that doesn't always happen. I'm looking for my winner winner. But uh, I, I, I almost had it today. I was so close I could taste it. And some asshole was fucking with me. I had perfect gear. I made it to the place in time. I was in that last few, and it became a hunt. Like As that circle gets tighter and tighter, everybody's moving in that circle, and it's just chaos. <coughs> Shit. Yeah, for, um, for people that don't know, it's a battle royale type game where 100 people, 100 players are dropped onto this like island. And the last one standing is the winner. And there's like a energy wall or an electric fence or something that surrounds the island that gets shorter every few minutes or smaller every few minutes. So it like forces you to get in a smaller and smaller area until you're very compact. And the only thing that can happen is fucking gunfights to break out. Um, so basically you drop onto this island and you just got to you've got nothing. And you've got to sort of scrounge around and find weapons and and maybe a body armor or helmets or what have you, a fucking sickle. I killed somebody with a sickle one day when Will and I were playing. Um, yeah. And it's glitchy. It is glitchy as all get out. It uh, is. It's an Xbox game preview, which basically it's, it's akin to like Steam's Greenlight or whatever they call it now. I think they changed the name of that. Uh, where it's not a finished game. You're playing an unfinished product. Um, and it shows, but it the glitchiness at times can be really frustrating at times it can be uh almost part of the charm of playing it in my opinion right so uh 
yeah it's it's good fun and will and i got to play and it's funny it's like <laughs> when you're sneaking around and stuff will and i'll be on the headset and uh sneaking around trying to find stuff hide out from other players and we'll be like whispering to each other like they could yeah. actually hear us yeah oh, yeah man. we'll be like whispering I like hey i think there's someone in here with us i got him i got him i'm going bottom floor It's crazy, but the cool thing about the game is that you play it from a different perspective. Like in a in a shooter, you're supposed to rack up as many kills as possible. You have infinite lives and respawns. In this game, when you when you die, you're done. You get one round, one life. Yep. And you, everyone is dropped off on an island from an airplane, and you skydive to wherever you want on the map. You can go away from where everybody is. Or you can go, you know. You got to look for cars or backpacks or gear or weapons. You know, you're searching for any the best gear you can have before you run into somebody. And when you run into somebody, you better hope your gear is on the level and that you've got the advantage because you can't. You usually sound is what gives someone away. You can hear someone coming before you see them. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of those games that you have to play with the volume where you can hear it because that's just how the game works. Uh, it's hard to spot individual people out in the open, you know, unless they're moving. But it's one of the, you know, it doesn't help you zoom in on people or make people more obvious to see. It's not a game meant meant for necessarily conflict, but the conflict comes off pretty, pretty realistically. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm terrible at it. I haven't had you know a ton of time to play it, so hopefully. With a few more rounds, I'll start getting better. But I just feel like uh, as soon as I run into someone, I just start fucking up all over the place and die. Yeah, I die. You know, so quickly. But I'm, I'm trying. We did have this one funny round where like Will and I dropped in together in like a little settlement of houses where yeah. there were multiple other dudes dropping it. Like a lot of times, you're spread out, so you w- you may not even see somebody for your like first ten minutes of the round, if not longer depending on where you drop and things like that. But we drop in and I parachute in right behind a guy who doesn't know, apparently doesn't notice I'm behind him and he hauls ass into like the closest house. So I ran in after him and I found him in a a bedroom just standing in there, like picking stuff up. And I just started punching him, punched this dude to death. (laughs) Just fucking Lord of the flies, punch this dude to death. Yeah. And then, like, I'm just, like, looting his body and getting whatever pistol or whatever bullshit he picked up. And as I'm picking all that up, boom, dead. His buddy walks into the, the house and sees me standing over his best friend's dead body. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. Um, so let's... Very much a PC game. Feels Everything about it feels PC in every way. But, you know, they'll smooth a lot of that over, I'm sure. Well, and I some mean... of it they won't. I mean, I think it will always sort of feel like a PC game because that's where it originated from. That line is starting to blur so much now where, you know, there's not as many games anymore that you can't get your hands on some way. You know, if you have a console, you know, the good, the real popular PC games like PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds and things like that will end up getting ported to a console because they're so popular they know they'll sell and the consoles can handle it now. So, and, and these kind of were these crowdsourced, like crowdfunded. In the beginning, was Player Unknown a really like a, a game house before this? No, Player Unknown is one guy. He's a guy. Okay. He's and 
I believe he got his start making mods for that game Arma, which is like a very realistic sort of army shooting game, I believe, that was on the yeah. PC. And then for DayZ, which was like that. It's very similar to um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, where except it's not Battle Royale. He basically made a Battle Royale mode mod for DayZ. And right. that's sort of where I guess he got his popularity and got the opportunity to make this game, from what I understand. It's a pretty neat little story. That is a neat story. Um, anyway, we can go back to Star Wars, but that's what I've been doing with my time. Free time. A little of it, but that's what I... You know, an hour a day, maybe. Maybe two. But... It's fun. It's fun and it's addictive. I see why it's addictive. I had to change my mind from trying to get into conflicts with people to try to avoid conflicts with people. And when I, when it does happen, it needs to be instant and fierce and sudden, like no retaliation. Right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so. Um... And then you make it to the end and then it's cool. You know, like it's cool experience being that final few. Well, we got up to six out. together once, right? We did. We did. And on my own, I got to six and then I got to seven and then I did 12 and then 11 and then it got really frustrating. I was like, oh, I want, and then I got to three. Like it, it got intense and it, I was part of the last three. It was exhilarating. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine what getting one of those chicken dinners was like. Anyway, um, so Star Wars. Let's talk so Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. You know, some stuff has happened, I guess. Um, one of the bigger ones that happened this week is the Star Wars show, which, you know, is their, like, weekly. They take breaks over the holidays and stuff. This is their weekly YouTube show. Right. Uh, they put out a... Secrets of the Last Jedi video um, this week. This was pretty, pretty great and pretty uh, informative. It sort of covers a lot of stuff that, like, you know, if you listen to podcasts or read up on the internet or, you know, just check out Twitter and Facebook, you'll have seen pointed out now. But it's cool. It's got Leland Chi and Kiri Hart and Pablo Hildago and, um, you know, some other people from the story group. Basically, talking about some of the production of the movie, like one cool part that they mention is that compass, you know, Luke's compass from Battlefront that you briefly see in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Actually designed by Dave Filoni. Like, while they were working in production of the movie, they thought it would be something cool to have in the game and in the movie, like while The, while the Last Jedi is being made. So they got a hold of Dave... Filoni had him design the compass they sent the design over to like the prop shop had that shit 3d printed and made and in the movie like within a couple of days it's crazy how something that and that we <laughs> thought was going to be such a huge deal too like after playing right. battlefront um but it's something worth checking out i mean it's i'm not going to sit here and go over every new detail or detail that they added in there but it's a you know, it's just if you're a Star Wars trivia nerd or you like to hear about how some of this stuff uh, was put together or if you want to hear like, okay, I thought this was, was pretty cool. You know on Canto Bite when Rose and Finn uh, park their shuttle 
And like you see the guy talking to the cops and he's like, and I told them they can't park their shuttle on that beach. That's a private beach. Right. Right. You know, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt for one. That's him doing the voice. No, I didn't know that. That character is, his name is Slow and Low. Okay. Which is another, that, uh, it's, he's the same species as L.O. Asti from uh, The Force Awakens, which is a Beastie Boys reference because J.J. Abrams was a huge Beastie Boy fan. Uh, right. Slow and Low, also a Beastie Boys reference. So, like, it seems like all the aliens of that species are named after something to do with the Beastie Boys, at least so far. That's cool. Um, still no no word on a Han Solo trailer, but, you know, that's kind of how the Star Wars trailers go, even with something sort of weird like this one where like we're like still no word and then all of a sudden there's word and all of a sudden we've seen it and stuff so it's not like they telegraph them hugely in advance but before the end of this month i bet you we see that han solo trailer that'd be cool i'm looking forward to it (laughs) there was uh there was one pretty cool piece of information about han solo that i totally forgot to talk about last week and it was a pretty what big one. Um, John Williams is coming back, not to score the entire movie, but he's writing Han's theme. Right. So, you know. I read that article of news. He's old. He's an old man. The picture that was there, he's an old-ass man, that John Williams. He is, but he's still kicking. And uh, we'll talk about it in a second. There was some more John Williams news this week. But it's cool, like, you know. Uh, that Han never really had a theme in the original trilogy. And clearly, if there's going to be a Han Solo movie, uh, he would have a theme, you would think. So it's cool that they're getting him to come back and sort of complete that sort of set of themes. Um, I, ca- I can't remember the guy who's scoring the rest of the movie. Um, it's slipping my mind. It's not Michael Giacchino, is Giacchino, it? it is not. It is not Michael Giacchino. Um, I'd be pretty stoked if it was. You know, I've got a hard on for that dude because he. I know you do. Did the lost score. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, in John Williams' news, <laughs> he was recently interviewed and he said that uh, he fully intends to come back for episode nine. Huge surprise? No. Nice to hear. Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping. You know, knock on wood, he has no issues fill, fill, uh, finishing out this trilogy. So, um, and and like in the interview, he he seems pretty pretty positive, a up, upbeat dude. Where he's like, you know, thankfully with age, uh, you know, I haven't lost my hearing and uh, my hands aren't bad, so I can still play the piano, which is, uh, I guess, primarily how he composes and writes music, right? And he was like, so I, I intend to do it until I just can't do it anymore. <clears throat> you know, John Williams got that John Williams money be going to some damn-ass good doctors, too. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, here's an injection of fucking young baboon blood. <laughs> Keep you healthy that's, for days, John. That's That's awful. You know, it's like... Crazy science stuff. Don't you? He didn't mean baboon blood. We don't need PETA on our ass. You need to change that to something that's not a baboon. People don't really do that. 
It was just, you don't know. You don't know what they do. In I was trying to think underworld. of a crazy injection someone could get from a uh, animal that is closely, more closely related to us. Like, what do you want me to say? Oh, here's a injection of some fresh hippo blood. Like hippo. No, no, no. We we don't support danger to hippos. Well, I'm something not, else. I'm not supporting danger to fucking hippos. I'm just saying, like, you know, John Williams has got a bunch of money, so he's getting a lot of weird medical treatments. Shit we ain't heard about yet. Fucking CRISPR. <laughs> he's yeah, he's getting like have you seen that? Those cold spas? Have you heard cold about spa? that? Where like people no. go and they put you in this tube where your like head sticks out and stuff and they shoot like um really cold gas at you. What's a really cold oh, I fucking hit a pothole in a major way. Um, it's a really cold get liquid nitrogen they use liquid night like liquid nitrogen gas or something to that effect to cool your body very rapidly and coldly and it's supposed to uh coldly what the fuck is wrong with me tonight uh talking about cold therapy like uh cryotherapy yeah kind of they don't freeze you like you get right. you get in there for like a couple of minutes and then you come right. out. But it's supposed to help you with like joint pain and shit like that. Who knows if it actually works? But I just it, I see it's one of those things that sh- I see people doing on YouTube as like a hey YouTube, watch what I'm about to do. Isn't this crazy? I'm gonna get right. in a cold tube. It's but, like having your body flash frozen for a second. Like maybe maybe that shit works though. Maybe I go to go to one of these places. Fucking get frozen, and I come out, and I'm like, y'all, I can walk. It's the power of ice, y'all. The power of cold. <laughs> Call You're me Iceman. Ice man. Bobby Drake. Best one he's see-through. You know what I do want to do, don't though? Don't ask me why. And we had, because um, he's made of ice, dude. He's made of ice. That's why he's see-through. I know. I said that's when he looks the best. Oh, I thought you said don't ask me why. I said, like, don't ask me why he looks the best that way. Oh. Um, you know what I cool do want to do? See-through. I want to go to one of those float spas. You know what I'm talking about? They float put you spa. in the sensory deprivation chamber. Ooh, I don't know how much I'd like that. I want to do that real bad. Like, I it's, mean, it's like I am it, into it looks- expanding consciousness and the power <laughs> of meditation. I understand what a sensory deprivation chamber can do to you, especially over long periods of time. Like... Um, when there's the absence of sound, like usually you can hear yourself breathe, you know, you don't understand how used to sound you are and to remove that, to have nothing but your thoughts, like, I want to do it. I want to do it and then immediately record a podcast and see if I'm like, if it's better or something, or if it's just awful and it breaks my mind. But th- we used to have a, uh, a float spa place here in, in um, Birmingham, and I'd hear commercials for it and stuff. But then I tried to look it up, and I think that th- shit shut down already. But yeah, I'd like to go in there, like, get in. Because, you know, it's, it's it looks kind of like an egg. They fill it up with, like, uh, salt water. So you salt float. Salt water. And the then, buoyancy of where you float, yeah. Yeah, they close you in there for, like, 30 minutes. I'd be like, can I put my earbuds in, listen to Lateralis by Tool? This would be awesome, guys. Just ch- well, no, I guess that kind of defeats the purpose if you're listening to music in there, right? Well, not if you can't hear. Like, I don't know that I've. I don't know. I don't really don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to listen to music. I'd put on <laughs> some Pink Floyd. 
Fuck yeah. Listen to some time. Oh, yeah. That song. Oh, that song. All right. Um, fuck my ass. What other Star Wars stuff happened this week? <laughs> mm. 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 So some, um, some Lego. We kind of talked about it last week. There's some Lego leaks. Uh, we won't, I mean, it's nothing big, but we won't get into any of the more sensitive stuff. Um, it, you know, there's just some little bits of info in the sort of character names and stuff, for instant instance. We knew for a while now that Woody Harrelson all eat the booty like groceries himself. Um, we knew his name in the movie was Beckett. And it turns out the full version of that is Tobias Beckett. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, uh, Amelia Clark's character is indeed named Kira, as has been reported. Uh, it's spelled weird, though. It's spelled with a Q and shit. They fancied it up, made it Star Warsy. Um, there's Carillion hounds of some sort, some some dog type aliens. Carillion. Sounds like we're going to Corillia, guys. I mean, if we're seeing Corillian hounds, why wouldn't we see Corillia? That's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing um, one of these planets. Like, you always hear about Kessel, right? And then right. you see it in, like... I can't remember if you see it in Clone Wars. I know for a fact you see it in Rebels. Um, now, apparently, we're going to see it in the movie. Same thing with Corillia. You hear about Corillian Corvettes. Han Solo is a Corillian smuggler Corillian blood stripes blah 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 right and now we're gonna see the planet that that all comes from so I'm, I don't know something little but I'm pretty stoked on that idea yeah did you ever play uh, Star Wars Galaxies Star Wars Galaxies I don't it, believe so it was the first Star Wars MMO I think it came out around Maybe 2002, 2000, yeah, I think around I'm pretty sure I didn't. I think you had a guy that I saw you play once. Yeah, I, I played that game quite a bit when it first came out, and then I jumped back in sort of right towards the end when they were going to shut it down to check it out one more time. Um, <clears throat> but you could go to Corellia, you know, long long story short, you could go to Corellia in right. uh, that game, and it was sort of like a grassy, earth-like place, very grassy. <clears throat> type situation. I wonder if uh I wonder if MMO is is the if we'll ever see another Star Wars MMO. Will the old republic be it until people lose interest enough to shut it down or will it be another galaxy situation where they take a third swing at the MMO idea and they shut the old republic down when that new one comes around. I don't know the old the you, so is the old republic you said the old republic is still going yeah still going I, going I think strong. it does I think it does pretty well for itself uh it's been a while since I've seen the stats but at one point it was somewhere in the top five uh most profitable free to play MMOs so um that ain't half bad. They'll go till they get something amazing, and then they'll do a subscription-based one. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's how you know the older public didn't do like 
World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV numbers because both of those games still operate on a subscription base, meaning they have enough people willing to pay that monthly subscription to keep playing. You know, right. Old Republic started off as a subscription service. When I first started playing it, it was subscription. And then they moved to free-to-play, which means, eh, you know, they can get people in for the free price tag and then sell them a couple of microtransactions and make their money that way. Right. But, you know, whatever. Um, all right. I'm trying to think. I don't know that there's any... Uh, Star Wars didn't do as well in China as, as expected. It never does, though. Like, this is the converse. I feel like the same conversation comes up every year. I think maybe The Last Jedi has done the worst, though. I think maybe it made like $8 million on its opening night. Yeah. Star Wars and China just don't really see eye to eye. They've tried. They've tried really hard to push it with uh, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi, and it just. It's not taken, man. They, they're not. They haven't been allowed Star Wars in their country for so long, you know? That it's not forty year forty years going ingrained into their their uh, like pop culture and stuff and into their consciousness. So they definitely do not have a, the same affection for Star Wars that other countries do. Right, but it's still doing really well at the box office. I mean, it's clearly petered out. It's at one point two three five million as of today. Right, um, you know, but we're only four weeks in. There, there's not going to be any other huge weekends for it. This may be sort of a decent weekend for it because it's a long weekend because Martin Luther King Day is on uh, Monday. Right. So, you know, that could boost it up a little bit. But as far as like... The article I'm looking at here says that uh, it's been criticized in China for insulting the intelligence of the audience. Uh, I don't know how or why, but that sucks. Like, that's sad. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. So they're saying like, they're they're like, really, you're gonna sp-? like when I when I f- say someone's insulting my intelligence, I think like they're kind of uh, talking down is, to me. You know, which part? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I'll have like, to do some more. I didn't. I was just. I was like that. nothing in my. I just thinking nothing in my experience felt insulting to my intelligence. Like I followed everything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but have you seen the videos of someone playing the um, Star Wars themes on pencil and paper? Yes, I saw that yesterday. It was, How slick is that? It was odd, oddly like hypnotizing. Yep. So I'm just checking real quick. Um, so it looks like it's definitely Star Wars is definitely a shoe in to pass Beauty and the Beast and. Uh, Fate of the Furious. Those were sort of the two bigger, uh, grossing movies of 2017. I'm going back to my notes I made a few weeks back. So yeah, 1.235, which I believe it's at, that pretty much ties it with Fate of the Furious. Um, and then Beauty and the Beast is 1.263 billion, which it'll definitely pass that. So I mean. People can make all the clickbaits they want about how it's a failure and it's not doing well, but I guarantee you Disney doesn't look at it that way at all. Right, right, right. All right, buddy, you want to um, 
Let's do it to it. Let's do it. Let's do some emails and some voice messages. Let's jump right into that. You know how we do it, though. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his hud. Kia D. Cockhead. To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kia D. Cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! G&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, everybody's favorite segment recently described as sounding like nails on a chalkboard, Halls reads emails poorly. Yay. You said it sounded like nails on a chalkboard. It was, it was in an iTunes review. I was like, shit. Because I know, like, I know I stumble and shit over these, man. Like, I'm very conscious of it. I try not to. I don't feel like you do. I feel like we read the emails fairly fairly well. Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, this is from our buddy Connor, who, if I'm not mistaken, is from that good old damn-ass Starkful. Hey, Halls and Will. Absolutely loved The Last Jedi. Seen it four times now. And can't wait for episode nine. It took one of my favorite movie characters, not just Star Wars, and put even more layers on him. I know many people are a little bit hurt that Ryan Johnson made Luke a grumpy old man that didn't want to help anyone, but it's your life's work that you've been working towards for the past 30 years was threatened by this kid with all kinds of bad juju vibes going on in his head. You'd at least think about ending it right then and there. Then you have to go... <clears throat> then to have it go all wrong... Your temple destroyed and have all your students either killed or turned to the dark side, which I hope are the Knights of Ren. I'd be pretty damn depressed, drinking weird green nipple juice from an alien and looking to get away from everything too. So I don't see anything wrong with Ryan's choices with Luke, and it honestly makes the most sense to me. Sometimes characters make bad choices in movies. It would get old and boring if they made the right choices every damn time. Anyway, did you guys have any more thoughts on the choices with Luke? Love y'all's podcast. Best one out there, so keep it up. Connor from Starkville. I knew this dude was from Starkville. I remembered that. Um, I wonder if old Connor went to see Star Wars at the Hollywood... Was it What was it? The Hollywood Premier Cinemas in Starkville? Was that yeah. what that theater was called? Man, I think so. I'm I pretty went sure. to see so many... So many movies. Fucking movies there. I saw... So many movies. Episode 2 and 3 there on opening night. And that's just the star. For honestly, for all my episode two and three viewings, I'm pretty sure they were at that theater. Um, I saw all those with my dad. Trying to, I mean, so many damn movies—good movies, bad movies. 
because um, I mean, what else was I doing? It was and and at one point the um, like the classic rock station in Starkville, ninety nine nine, the Fox had free movie night on Thursdays during the summer, so like you could just go up and see any movie you want, and I took advantage of that every Thursday. Always went to see a free movie, so I saw some shit. Man, Hollywood premiere cinemas. Um, Gotta love it. So I, I love going to the movies. I definitely really like what they did with Luke in The Last Jedi. I agree with you know pretty much everything Connor said. Right, so do I. I. I think it's the only choice you could have made. Right. I understand why people... I understand what people wanted. I absolutely understand what people wanted that are upset that they didn't get it. They wanted heroic, badass Luke fighting crazy amounts of enemies with his laser sword, being a badass, you know, using the force, being basically just a more powerful version of Luke from Return of the Jedi. But I agree. Like, I think that's kind of boring. I think it's more interesting to sort of break Luke down. And then at the end, when he shows up and is the ultimate fucking hero, sacrifices himself. Like, isn't that so much more triumphant when Luke comes back rather than just have Luke be, you know, the same through the whole movie? I I don't think so. I think it's way more effective and way and feels way better to have him have a triumphant return. And they do it so well. Like, that's the one, one of the things I don't understand with when people have the problem with Luke's storyline. Like, it turns around so well with Luke and Leia having their conversation, fucking the wink at C-3PO, the fucking, all the badass shit he says to Kylo and the cool shit he does. Like, I don't get it. It's just one of those things that, like, I really like and I I don't understand why other people don't, but... It's his goodbye. He's yeah. saving the day. Like he he had to he had to muster all the what's left of his life essence to do that. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> and it's it's look, it's this problem and I'm going to play devil's advocate here and this might sound assholeish but okay, so Ryan Johnson takes over and he's like JJ put Luke on a fucking island. Like why is he on the fucking island? He, he can't be there cuz he's a coward. You know, because he not that he wouldn't go help or that he's not going to, you know he's he, he's got to be there for a reason, and uh, that was his. He was there to die. He was there to live out his days until he died. You know that was that was his purpose. Yeah, to, and, you know. and the other thing I don't understand is when people are like, <laughs> "Well, Luke tried to kill Kylo, and he didn't really no, try to kill him. Really. He cont- he, he even says it. it. He says for the briefest moment." He contemplated killing him. He turned a moment long enough to turn on the lightsaber, no doubt. Was yeah. it fucked up? Absolutely. Is it a mistake? Absolutely. But that's to me provides a more rich environment for the story. Is that our heroes aren't perfect? That they have flaws and they do fuck up. And when someone as heroic and as awesome as Luke Skywalker fucks up, it's going to be in a big way. You know. And it's going to yeah. cause fallout. Look at all the fallout it's caused. And But when a hero like Luke Skywalker decides to come back, god damn, that's awesome. Oh, I like that. 
right. <laughs> Next up, we got our buddy, William. Hey, gents. Loved your show last week, and I appreciated your suggestion for Bloodlines. That is a book that I started a little while ago, and because of job, school, kids, etc., I never got to finish. I will be chipping away at it on my morning and evening work compute, commute. A book I really enjoyed that took a very hard political direction was Darth Plagueis. Some might view it as a boring one, but it had my attention. I am really excited for the release of Solo, as I am with any new Star Wars content. This film has obviously had to take somewhat of a backseat to The Last Jedi as far as coverage goes, but I have not really heard your guys' take on how you think this movie will go. Plot, character direction, that sort of thing. If this is a topic that has been covered before, I apologize. Being that the film looks like it will take place about 10 years before A New Hope, I am wondering how you think that story may play out. In any case, I can't wait to see this one, and even though it's not Billy D, I am so excited to see that Calrissian swagger outside of Rebels. Thanks for the awesome show, and may the Force be with you. Thanks, William. Um, I have not read Darth Plagueis. I've heard I need to. I sort of know the um, cliff notes of it all. Not that that's the same or as good as reading. It's just, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm so bef- behind on the damn canon books that I would rather tackle one of those before tackling, tackling uh, Darth Plagueis. But one day. So, Will, what do you think? Um, how do you think Solo is going to play out? I think it's gonna. I think it is probably ten years before you know, and I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be good. You know, I don't know. I'm sure some peop, some purist will get their panties in a twist, but I think it's gonna be pretty good, pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, so I I assume this um, this still applies because they didn't rewrite the script when Ron Howard was brought on. They just reshot that script, that same script. And at one point, Bob Iger was quoted as saying that uh, Han Solo takes place over the period of about six years. So, you know, there's going to be some time jumps and stuff. Uh, I imagine, you know, that we'll probably get a look at Han Solo sort of in two or three different sort of modes of life. I imagine, you know, when we're f- we're first introduced to Han Solo in this movie, he's going to be very... He's not going to be a smuggler yet. I guarantee that. Like, he's probably going to be quite carefree. He might be, like, you know, just a fucking dude on Coruscant... Not Coruscant. Uh, Corellia, having a good old time. Um, eventually, I'd imagine he has to have some sort of run-in or confrontation with the Empire. It looks possible that they might actually be keeping with the previous story for Han where he was actually in the empire for a little bit for one reason or the other, whether that's like he just signs up because he needs money or he feels like that's what he needs to do or he gets forced into being part of the empire. I don't know, but you know, uh, and then other stuff like he's going to meet Chewbacca at some point. I'm sure Like, if Chewie's in this movie and it's a Han Solo prequel movie, I get a pretty strong feeling that we're going to see why Han and Chewie have this connection, why Chewie has the life debt with Han. 
I don't think it'll start the movie with them already together, is what I'm saying. Uh, he's got to see, you know, there's going to be lots of Falcon involved. Uh, Lando's in it. Lando and the Falcon in it together makes me think that maybe Lando's who owns the Falcon. This is in the time frame when Lando was the owner of the Falcon. <clears throat> Will we see him win the Falcon from Lando? What do you think about that, Will? I I imagine we will. If we don't, you I mean, do you think there would be another movie? If this movie does well. See, the thing is, if this is about 10 years before A New Hope, is that where the movie ends timeline-wise? So is it actually between 16 and 10 years? You see what I'm saying? If it covers right. six years? Or does it is the earliest point in the movie 10 years before A New Hope? And then it ends about four years before A New Hope. If it's about four years before A New Hope, there's I don't know how many much more you want to cram in that period. So odds are this will be the only solo movie. I so, don't know. I mean, if it yeah, does, I, if you if that's the case, just give it all to me. Let me see it all. Let me see the Castle Run. Let me see the Switch of the Falcon. You know, I'll take all that history. If it does really well, you know, if it does. I would say at least The Last Jedi well. If it crosses a billion even, there's a possibility that they would consider a sequel. I would absolutely think so. I almost feel like you don't go into the idea of a first solo movie if you're not at least hoping to get the casting of Han right to where you could do more, you know? Such a popular character, Han Solo. So there could be more. I just don't know how close they want to butt those solo movies up to. Like, I'm not interested in seeing this solo movie, like, end with him and Chewie going into Moss Eisley Cantina. Like, oh, shit, we owe Jabba a bunch of money. What are we going to do, Chewie? And then, like, you see uh, Obi-Wan and Luke walk in. And then the movie ends. Like, mm, I ain't interested in that. Not interested in that. I would l- rather it be a little more spaced out. <laughs> but that's that's kind of how I feel like... You know, I feel like it's going to be, you know, quick paced. I feel like it's going to have some jokes in it. I feel like it's going to be just sort of a a movie that's all, you know, adventure. Adventure focused on Han. I'm sure there will be deeper moments, darker moments. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be sort of just a fun Star Wars ride. I'm looking forward to that. that. That's what I think, too. All right. <laughs> King of the moisture farmers named Tom. So all the moisture farmers named Tom, he is your king, King Tom. He's got a voicemail for us. Let's hear what he has to say. Love hearing from this dude. Hey there, Hawes and Will. King Tom here. So since the last time we've talked, I've seen Last Jedi a few more times, and I still love it, but I got to admit, I've got some Vader on the mind. And that's because everyone's favorite Dark Lord of the Sith is referenced a few times in The Last Jedi by two characters. And I wanted to kind of talk through those references and get your opinions or reflections on those. Um, He's referenced by Snoke and Luke, and I want want to mention Luke's first. Kind kind of touched on this a little bit before, where um, Luke, you know, in telling Rey why the Jedi failed, Luke says it was a Jedi Master who was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader, which is one of my least favorite lines of the movie because it totally ignores 
the fact that Anakin made the choice to turn to Vader and places all the blame on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think that's going to be a, bi a big part of this, where, yes, someone can be redeemable, but you have to want to be redeemed. And Rey wanted to redeem Kylo. She wanted to help him, but he made the choice to, to go on his own, to go down the dark path. Um, and I think that, that Luke, at that point, isn't seeing that. And that's where that reference comes in. But also, like I've kind of mentioned... In talking with Kylo and, and later Rey, Snoke references Vader. Uh, he does it, I believe, three times. Uh, first, you know, in their very first scene, he says, Era, you know, I thought I saw the next Vader. Then he says, um, you know, later on in the scenes with Rey, he declares Kylo the, the next Vader, the, the true heir to Vader. And I think this is very interesting, and it leads to a whole bunch of other questions, because, you know, we know that Snoke isn't a Sith, but he obviously holds Darth Vader in some regard. And for, you know, he's not mentioning the big bad guy who destroyed the Jedi Order and ended up ruling the galaxy, he references Vader. And, and I think that's out of respect for Vader's level of power, probably, and what Kylo hopes to be. Um, but I'm just... That makes me really wonder what Snoke was doing all those years, what his relationship with other dark side users like the Sith are, or is. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... My mind is stumped by this, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts... Um, about this, about what Snoke thought of Vader. Like, what, you know, if Snoke met Vader, what would happen between them? Um, just because of the way he uses the Force, and I think the subtext is that it takes so much out of him, that's what, one of the reasons he's old and weak, but Snoke can do some pretty fucking amazing things with the Force. Um, and maybe, you know, he's teaching that to Kylo. Kylo knows some of it, but not all of it. Um, and also, just uh, something that all... all comes up in this line of thinking. Back in The Force Awakens, um, when Kylo promises to Vader's helmet, I will finish what you started, do you think, and I, this is probably all retconning it, he was referring to the fact that Vader was never able to kill his master and take over, which is what Kylo ended up doing. Anyway, these, are, I, I have a billion more questions, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at those. What do you guys think? Vader and Luke, Vader and Snoke, it's just everything. I love this movie. Thanks for listening to me ramble. I will talk to you, you in your amazing podcast later. Bye. King Tom. He raises the important questions, and that's why he's king. Um, <laughs> you know, in the the scene with um with Luke talking about Vader to Ray when he's like, you know, it was the Jedi who trained uh Darth Vader, you know. Uh, I think he was just trying to prove a point. Well, he's absolutely trying to prove a point, but it, you got to remember, like, Luke is pissed. He is not happy. He's not a happy dude. And he feels like the Jedi are as much a problem, part of the problem as anything else at right. this point. So, you know, you got to take what Luke says there with a grain of salt. It is interesting to sort of see Snoke's reverence for Vader. <clears throat> um... I honestly wonder, like... Or if he's just using that to manipulate That's Kylo. what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Does he actually have a reverence for Vader? Or is it just another tool in the manipulate Ben Solo toolbox, right? Like, that was the original wrench. 
thrown into the cogs. Like, you know who your grandfather was? He was Darth Vader. And you know what Darth Vader did and should have done, et cetera, et cetera. And just built up this idea of Vader as this all-powerful Dark Force user, which he was. Like, he was one of the And if you think about it, he was honestly more famous than the Emperor. You know, Darth Vader was, I don't, you know, you could say the Emperor was more feared. And I'm sure amongst the officers of the Empire he was. But, you know, I, I would think your average Joe or your rebel uh, fighter would be more scared of Darth Vader, you know, just through the stories or being his adversary. Right. I mean, it's not like Palpatine's always showing up and choking the f- choking, choking motherfuckers with some magic and shit, right? Right, right. They don't know nothing about that. The other thing I wonder is, like, at the end of the day, do... Does Snoke maybe desire to be a Sith? Like, is maybe that one of his goals is to figure out how to unlock that sort of Sith power? Or maybe, maybe the fucked up of it is like maybe you don't get to be a Sith until you've created an apprentice to be a master too. Yeah, maybe. I, I think it's more to that. Like, I think it's like a. You know, I, I think there would be some other type of knowledge you would need. And maybe that's something they're they're interested in. Maybe Snoke does is like, fuck, I don't need to be a Sith. I'm a dark side force user. That's all I need. Like I don't need whatever the extra trappings and shit that come with the Sith. He was um, never seduced by the Sith. Right. I mean the Sith religion is gone plus thirty plus years at this point, you know? Uh yeah. completely gone. Uh, so, you know, uh, but not that the, whatever extra power comes with being a Sith, uh, not that that power wouldn't be appealing to Snoke, like evil motherfuckers like Snoke want more power, no matter how much power they already have. So, yeah, but yeah, it is interesting, the reverence and I love the reverence that they show for Darth Vader and like, you know, that, that, you know, his influence or his deeds still have an impact on this galaxy in some way 30 years later. I think that's really cool. Luke Skywalker as well. Majorly so. Absolutely. I imagine the fear of becoming the next Vader is something that Luke has always lived with. You know? And I imagine that played a big part in his brief uh, consideration of killing Kylo. Like, he was like, we can't let another Vader come up. This this shit runs in my family. Like, it's... (laughs) So, yeah, the the shadow of Darth Vader looms over the galaxy and the Skywalker family, for sure. All right. Next up, we got our buddy, Brad Love. Hey, fam. So I didn't realize until recently that not everyone thinks Snoke was a Sith. Well, I'll be damned. Look at this. If that's not what we were just talking about. Honestly, I just assumed this was a given, but maybe it's not as black and white as I thought. Leading up to The Last Jedi, I assumed Snoke was just Force-sensitive, basically the evil Maz Kanata. However, in The Last Jedi, I changed my mind on that after my first viewing. The Force power seemed to hint at it, but even I wasn't convinced until after Snoke died. After Raylo, devil smiley face, defeats the Praetorian Guards, Ray wants Kylo to save the ships, and what Kylo says next is why I'm... 100% 100% convinced Snoke was Sith. Kylo says it's time to let old things die. 
Snoke, Skywalker, the Sith, the Jedi, the Rebels, let it all die. Tell me if I'm crazy, but that is pretty clear to me. If he says Skywalker and the Jedi, which are one and the same, would Snoke and the Sith not line up as well? Why else would he be concerned about letting the Sith die if supposedly they died 30 years ago when Anakin killed my boy Sheev? Rest in peace. Papa bless. Seems irrelevant to want them to die unless it ties into something more recently. Also, Snoke dies by his apprentice. Classic Sith move right there. What do you think? May the Force be with you. So, buddy, I I don't think Snoke is a Sith. Um, for one, if Snoke is a Sith, I feel like that kind of invalidates the story of the first six a little bit. Like, the whole story of the six, the first six movies is the is defeating the Sith and bringing balance to the Force. Um, and eliminating the sort of cancerous uh, influence that is the Sith from the galaxy. Um, if I had to guess the reason Kylo mentioned Sith in that, uh, that whole speech, that whole line he says, it's time to let old things die, Stoke, Skywalker, the Sith, I think it's more in reference, like I think he's he's referencing things that he and Ray are both either striving towards or attached to or, you know, mainly attached to. And I think if if Snoke didn't want to be a Sith and had no interest in being a Sith, I guarantee you Kylo is interested or at least until that point was interested in becoming a Sith, especially as much as he idolizes Darth Vader, right? So I think, like, to to uh, Ray, he's saying, he says Snoke, that's his master. Skywalker, that's who Ray wants to be her master. The Sith, that's what Kylo is aspiring to. The Jedi, that's what Ray is aspiring to. I know that's a little complicated, probably doesn't make much sense. Am I getting it across there, Will? Yeah, you're getting it across. You know what? Give me one second. I'm going to grab my visual dictionary. You talk for a second. I'm pretty sure this is 100% uh, referenced in the visual dictionary. So give me in just a second. You vamp a little bit, buddy. Speaking of the visual dictionary, I saw where the Praetorian Guard have this armor that causes them pain, but it's pretty much reflective to blaster bolts or uh, even lightsabers up to a certain degree. Uh, it's like lightsaber deflective, but it's powered by powerful electromagnets or something. But the fact that the Praetorians are in that suit all the time means they're being constantly exposed to pain, which That's is kind of weird and fucked up. <clears throat> all right, here we go. This is, this is the um, entry for Supreme Leader Snoke in the Visual Dictionary. Ah, uh, shit. I dropped it. Hold on. Fuck. I'm trying to... Thank you. Uh, and now, Hawes Burkhart. Though his name is known to the galaxy and his reputation as Supreme Leader of the First Order precedes him... Few have ever seen Snoke in the flesh. He obscures himself with distance, being forever unreachable, save for a select few who can contact him directly. 
Even under such circumstances, Snoke disguises his true nature. Whatever frailties have shaken his body are dwarfed by the immense size which he typically projects his form. Heart of Darkness. Snoke is powerful in the dark side of the Force, but he is no Sith. The thousand-year lineage stretching from Darth Bane to the last Sith Lord, Darth Vader, was undone when Vader died destroying his mentor, Darth Sidious. The fulfillment of an ancient prophecy foretold the end of the Sith, but never predicted the end of darkness. So yeah, Snoke's not a Sith. I, I think it was more just a reference into sort of Kylo's desires and what Rey desires, etc., etc. Well, you mean like the Sith was dead. It was already dead, so let the rest of that shit die too, you know? Like That could be it too. That could be it. Like, look, the Sith died. That doesn't mean I'm not here being a badass dark dark Jedi. It was like, let it all die. It's time to let old things die. Right. That could be very well what he means. All right. Next up. We got our buddy Peter. How's it going, fellas? As I train for my 50-mile race in March, I like to listen to your podcast to liven up what would be an otherwise boring run. Well, while I was running yesterday, I found myself talking out loud by your Lord of the Rings sidebar and who would make a good Jedi or Sith while onlookers shielded their kids from the crazy guy running around talking and laughing to himself. I don't know if you'd agree, but I think Idris Alba is it Idris or Idris? I think it's Idris. Idris Alba would make a great Jedi or Sith, and say Ryan Johnson's new plan trilogy. After watching him and Luther, I think he'd be an awesome choice. Other Fuck yeah! Th- yeah, I I absolutely agree. absolutely agree. Other than that one though, I'm with Halls about how they really know how to pick some good unknown actors and really let them shine when given the chance. I saw The Last Jedi for the second time the other day and couldn't believe how much more I was able to pick up on the second time. There's just so much happening in that movie, you really have to have seen it at least three to four times just to fully absorb it. I'm pretty excited about Solo coming out in May. We'll probably see that one at the drive-in as well, minus the meteor shower. Yeah, our buddy Peter's the guy who had like the most magical fucking first viewing of The Last Jedi ever during a meteor shower. Good Lord. Dear Lord. Um, yeah. Mr. Alba would be excellent in uh, a Star Wars movie, I think. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah. Uh, I was stoked to see that he got cast in the Dark Tower movie uh, because I really enjoy those books. It's a shame how that the whole thing turned out, though. It's a shame it? how that all turned out. Yeah. Not did good. you see it? I finally did. Not great. Not good. Yeah, uh, I think it's a movie that had a lot of problems during production as far as studio interference and you right. know, stuff going on behind the scenes. And it the way it was marketed, it looked kick-ass. It did. It did look kick-ass. But, and I'm not someone who needs my movie adaptations of books I enjoy to be 100% faithful, you know? It doesn't have to follow it exactly to the right. page. You only, you only got two hours. I, I'll give you a pass on. Right. You know. But this didn't resemble the Dark Tower much at all. To be Oh, that's sad. Yeah. All right. So we've got our lovable scoundrel up next. That's right. We haven't heard from him in a little bit. It's our buddy. Swords Bandim. See, I can't do it. I just... Hello. 
It's your soul span team, and I'm back. Now, we recently felt a great disturbance in the Force, boys and girls. A titan of the galaxy has passed on, and my heart can't take the magnitude of this loss. We are assembled here today to pay final respects to our honoured dead. And yet, it should be noted, in the midst of our sorrow, this death takes place in the shadow of new life, the sunrise of a new world, a world that our beloved comrade gave his life to protect and nourish. He did not feel the sacrifice a vain or empty one. And we will not debate his profound wisdom at these proceedings. Of my friend, I can only say this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. That's fucked up. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even sure who he's talking about yet. I think I have some idea. See you on the other side, Admirakbar. Ah. You were right. It indeed was a trap. Right. Enough of that soppy bollocks. I'd just like to say congratulations to everyone involved in the Kessel Toy Run. To Brandon, Evan, Jason and Amanda, Sal, Steel Saunders, the King of Toms, Young William, and of course, Oz and Jesse. Nobody does it better Makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it Half as good as you Baby, you're the best. <laughs> I wasn't looking, but somehow you found me. I tried to hide from your love light, but like heaven above me, the spy who loved me. It's keeping all my secrets safe tonight. Nobody does it better. But sometimes I wish someone could. Nobody does it quite the way you do. Why'd you have to be so good? Alright, that's enough from me this week. I'll leave you to it. 
Sarah, you God damn, Sor's Bandim is like fucking UPS. He always delivers. Wow. That that shit had me cracking up over here. Two not not one, but two musical breaks in one voicemail. Masterfully done. Secondly, I want Sor's Bandim to give the eulogy at my funeral. He needs a Vegas show. Oh, do you know how quickly I would buy plane tickets and show tickets to go see the the Swords Bandim sings the hits tour in Vegas. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Lionel he does Lady's all like the, the rap pack hits. Oh my goodness. Do you know did you were you familiar with the song he just graced us with? I wasn't. I okay. was not. I was trying to place it too. I mean maybe I need to jam that shit. And it'll be like duh, bitch, Swords Bandim. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Copy Swords Bandim. Alright, here's our buddy uh Kelso. Kelso is who uh, introduced us to the wonderful term Huru. He's my Huru hero. Hey, Halls and Will, the Huru kid Kelso here. Ooh, the, what's better, the Huru kid Kelso or Kelso, the Huru hero? Mm, that's a tough one. Why don't we, why don't we hear from uh, the Blue Harvest listeners on that, our wonderful moisture farmers? You, you kidding? Kidding? Both. Both, whichever happens. I saw The Last Jedi on the first day of release. My cinema... But the audience was very quiet, so I followed suit. However, I did emit an involuntary audible gasp three times. R2 rerunning Leia's New Hope message, first sight Mm -hmm. of Yoda's ears, and the reveal of Luke's meditation levitation. That's hard to say. Good luck. Where in the movie did you two gasp aloud? Huru from the Huru Kid Kelso. Well, buddy, you may be the Huru Kid to yourself, but you're my Huru hero. Um, I absolutely gasped, gasped so hard. I thought I was going to pass out, uh, when we got that first shot of Yoda from behind with the ears, I was like, <gasps> I even covered my mouth. I did the stereotypical gasp and cover your mouth like a shocked, shocked person. Seems like, Oh, Oh my God. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I, I gasped when I saw Yoda. Absolutely. Audibly. I gasped when Luke died. Yeah, Definitely. I guess the the holdo maneuver. Oh yeah, that's an audible gasp. It's like the all the air in the, the theater got sucked out. Everybody was gasping. Everything was quiet. It's the the great gaspy. <laughs> Moving on to Brad H. Brad H. Hey guys, when Luke showed up, I was like, <gasps> oh, when he showed up in the cave, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, hey guys, so now that we've all seen the film multiple times, there's an area of the film that increases the mythology of the Jedi that subsequently increases my interest in on, in what it means to have balance. Prime Jedi. I won't write an in-depth email about this one because I have no idea what it means going further. Rather, I'm curious about your thoughts about having balance and the possibilities about Rey in the future. Based on this mosaic, is it possible that we've had balance wrong all this time? Can one per- person <clears throat> can one person that is able to go straight to the dark side, as Luke said about Ray after her time meditating on the rot- rock, encapsulate both the light and dark, and singularly bring about galactic balance? Was the prophecy misread, as Yoda alluded to in Return of the Re- Revenge of the Sith? And 
is Ray actually the chosen one? I still have many questions. Fuck. Thanks, guys. Respectfully, Brad H. And if you see this picture right here, he's got a nice little side image for us of that mosaic that's on the floor in the Jedi Temple that is depicting the Prime Jedi. <laughs> so, the interesting thing is, it, for one, I don't think... I think it's sort of yes and no as far as the prophecy being misread. Yes, I do think it was misread in some senses, but at the end of the day, I think it was correct in that the Sith were defeated. I still think Anakin was indeed the chosen one, but that doesn't mean there can't be a new chosen one. Like, that doesn't mean, because he's the chosen one doesn't mean he's the only chosen one, you know? And Snoke says to Rey, I knew someone on the light side would raise up to face Kylo Skywalker, I thought, but it turned out to be you. So I think he's almost saying, like, you're the new chosen one, basically. You're the warrior of light that is going to combat the darkness in the galaxy, right? Right. Uh, the thing about balance, though, is I think they may be taking a different approach to it than George Lucas sort of initially intended. Right. Uh, and I think that's for a few reasons. Uh, one, I think you have to sort of change that approach if you want there to be sequels. Yeah. And if you want there to be sequels without Sith, you know, right. if you want to, to adhere to the idea that the Sith were wiped out at the end of Return of the Jedi. Dude, it, it, this this is the golden goose because you wiped out, you established the Sith, and then you wiped them out. You are a set at some point down the line, you, you know, maybe not even in our lifetimes, for the return of the Sith. You know, the Sith come back as an enemy. I would be very interested to see them do that again. I mean, they when you look at something like the EU, they avoided bringing the Sith back for quite a while, and then eventually they did. They and it was. Han Solo's son that brought the Sith back, right? He became the new Lord of the Sith. <laughs> so, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sith do show it back up. But George Lucas's concept of balance was basically there's always going to be people on the dark side. There's always going to be people on the light side. But the Sith are like basically a cancerous growth that throw the balance out of whack. And they use... Uh, their sort of dark side influence to try and take control of the galaxy, right? And I think that's always, like, just look at our world. Like, that's always going to be an issue in the Star Wars universe where someone has this incredible power within them and they want to use it for evil purposes. So in that way, you can have Star Wars movies going forward in time until well after we're gone, right? You know, there's always going right. to be some evil force wanting to take control of the galaxy and subjugate people and stuff. And well, I think it's going to take more of a whole, you know, like like a like a Buddhist kind of, you know, the reason Jedi even exist is because they're too strict of the light, and the whole reason dark Jedi exists is because they're too strict of the dark. Like, you know, like you said, that's the first Jedi in perfect harmony and perfect balance with the Force. I assume. That's the goal moving forward. Like, I assume right. to be in perfect harmony with the light and dark side is the goal. You know, that you know, beyond being a Jedi Master or, or being a Sith Lord, 
you know, I, I assume that's the highest achievement. That's the Super Saiyan. That's the, you know, that's the what you want to be, the demigod, whatever, you know. Could be. The Jedi Master. I still like the concept of Jedi Master. I hate to lose that, but it seems like they're pushing away from what we know as Jedi. I'm sure it'll always be, call, always be cause Jedi, called Jedi, but I doubt. I, I wonder if we'll ever see a Jedi Temple again. I don't know. I think we will. I think we'll see Rey pass on her teaching. But will she do it in like the Jedi way? Like build a temple, have a monastery? You know? I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know. I, I, like you, don't think we'll ever learn the Jedi, but I think the Jedi will evolve for sure. I don't think they'll necessarily go with this idea that like they're equal parts light and dark. Like I still like my Jedi being the good guys, you know, and yeah. being protectors of the galaxy. Although, you know, I don't think they should get involved in wars and stuff. That's where they misstepped in the Clone Wars. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see where they sort of take this concept of balance going forward and the concept of the Jedi going forward. I do feel like, you know, a lot of what you're saying is probably right on the money. We'll just see um, how it goes. It's it's interesting to me because, you know, with George not being involved, you know, a lot of ideas and concepts, concepts that George had sort of ingrained or had intended for Star Wars are not going to be uh, necessarily held to like gospel especially if it requires some tweaking and changing here and then there for the purpose of a story. So it'll be interesting to see where they, uh, where they do take it. <clears throat> All right. We got one more voicemail for the evening and then we'll let you guys go. This one right is on. from our buddy Fernando <clears throat> who sent us a weird file. That I don't know how to open, buddy. Dot opus? He sent us a damn opus, Will. Well, it'll be his magnum opus. That's not nice. Doesn't that mean like his last? Oh, I don't know. Oh, if Fernando, that's what it means, buddy. I didn't know. Fernando, buddy, I'm so sorry. I can't play this file. You sent me a weird file that my dumb computer can't recognize. You see what happened, Fernando? I got everybody all stoked. They're all like, oh, shit, it's Fernando! And then all I, can't I can play hear is the ABBA Fernando song. You remember last week when you were like, he probably gets that a lot. I said something, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he hears that all the time. Right. Now you're doing that shit. I am. Oh, so this is what it feels like sitting up on a white tower looking down at your co-host. Whoa. How's it feel? How's it feel on your high horse up there, jackass? <laughs> all right well unfortunately since we can't play fernando's voicemail i think that's gonna do it for us this evening guys uh yeah thanks for coming and recording with me tonight buddy thank you for recording with me man i will definitely see you on some uh battleground sometime this weekend that'll be fun yeah you know it it'll be good <clears throat> anyway guys uh thanks for listening Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for giving us iTunes reviews if you have. That's uh, it's really appreciated. It definitely helps us sort of move up the list and um, grow the, the Blue Harvest Moisture Farmer uh, audience a little bit. So if you haven't uh, had a chance yet to leave us a iTunes re review, please do. It's very appreciated. Uh, if you like our, th our theme song, please check out the band. 
that was kind enough to donate it. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and also on iTunes and Spotify. Could it be any more easy? No, absolutely not. And for those of you who've been with us since we had 10 iTunes reviews, we still owe you an audio drama. Uh, actually, still in production. Yes, actually, it was 30, which we're well past that. Was but, it 30? I thought yeah, it was 10. I could be wrong. I, it's been so long, and you know that's my secret shame. And I know you love rubbing my nose in it, but it is I, my secret shame. I love that to I point have, that out at that, every occasion. That we, It is my secret shame that we haven't delivered on that yet, but it will happen. I'm a man of my word, even if that word is late. I never, hey, I, I keep never the said. the hook baited, okay? I do my job. They're baited. <clears throat> and then you, you bring it home. I warm them up, and you just, boom, right in there. Yeah, yeah. We got some, some other things we're, we're going to try and tackle this year, too. So hopefully it all gonna works It's going to be a good Blue Harvest year. I think so, too. I'm really looking forward to this now that uh, the craziness of the holidays is over and stuff and The Last Jedi is out and my work is not super, super crazy right now. And I'm going to try and buckle down and uh, tackle a few projects, projects and ideas. Damn ass things around the office. And uh, hopefully you guys will dig it. Anyways, guys, until next week, uh, hope you have a good week. I hope uh, if you're in bad weather like my buddy Will here, you're you're being nice and safe. Stay and, warm. Um, we'll talk to you next week. It's been Blue Harvest. I'm Hollis Burkhart. I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>